It's happening. The Forum's 33rd Annual Conference, Workplace Revolution, is March 8th through 12th, 2021. A forum conference like never before, the 33rd Annual Conference will be completely virtual with the same high-quality forum programming you've come to know, love, and expect. This year's annual conference is our most affordable, most accessible, and at five days long, our biggest conference ever. Register early and take advantage of reduced pricing. So join us from anywhere on March 8th through 12th, 2021 for the Forum on Workplace Inclusion 33rd Annual Conference, Workplace Revolution. Be a part of the global conversation. Be a part of the solution. Be a part of the Workplace Revolution. For more information, visit forumworkplaceinclusion.org slash 2021. That's forumworkplaceinclusion.org slash 2021. We get to engage people, advance ideas, and ignite change because of the generous support from our community. If you find our resources meaningful or valuable, please consider supporting the forum today. Visit forumworkplaceinclusion.org slash donate. That's forumworkplaceinclusion.org slash donate. Thank you very much for your support and generosity. With that, I'd like to say thank you to all our listeners and subscribers. You help support the growth of the podcast and reach new listeners. If you like what you're hearing on the Forum Podcast, please consider writing a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you've already written a review, thank you. Please consider sharing our podcast with a friend, family member, or a colleague you think might find value in the content. Word of mouth is the best way the Forum grows, so thank you very much for listening and sharing. Thanks again, and enjoy the show. Hello, and thank you for joining us for today's podcast, seizing the moment to create a new, more inclusive normal, continued with Maureen Berkner-Boyd of the Moxie Exchange. I'm Ben Rue, Program Associate here at the Forum on Workplace Inclusion. This is a continuation of our January webinar, Seizing the Moment to Create a New, More Inclusive Normal, which featured a conversation between Maureen, Stephanie Douglas of Bungle, and Becca Glennenberg of Upstart. Today, Maureen has graciously agreed to return to answer some of the many wonderful questions we were not able to get to during the webinar. Maureen Mo Berkner-Boyd is the founder of the Moxie Exchange. She spent over 25 years helping organizations grow by creating inclusive workplaces where talented people can thrive. People around the world are using tools, microlearning courses, and the mobile app she created to thrive in their careers and lives. Maureen holds a master's in education, organizational development, and is the author of the five book series, Rock Your Moxie, Power Moves for Women Leading the Way. Her Disrupt HR talk, Hack Your Biased Brain, is one of the most popular talks of the movement. Mo has lived her life as a doer and a risk taker too. She's ridden camels in the Sahara Desert, jumped in the fairy pools of the Isle of Skye, and completed two 36-hour ultra team runs. She brings those experiences and approach to her work, getting people to think big, take action, and move the dial on driving results for themselves and for their teams. Maureen, thank you so much for being here and agreeing to come and continue this conversation. We had a lot of great questions during the webinar that we weren't able to get to, so I'm excited to get to some of them today. But um, before we go ahead and hop into the questions, could you just uh, give our listeners who weren't able to listen to the or attend the podcast or webinar a brief recap of the webinar? Yeah, and thanks for having me. Um, what a great community you all have built. Um, so it's it's a real pleasure. Um, I actually brought um, 
into conversation two leaders that we've worked with, um, Steph Douglas, who's the chief people officer at Vungle, and Becca Gellenberg, um, who's the same role at Upstart, and, and really talked about how to seize this moment to create a new, more inclusive normal. Um, and that was really saying, you know, we had the perfect storm this last year of events mm -hmm. that really laid an equity bear. Um, and in moments like that, um, it's great, right? We don't want to go back to normal because normal wasn't working for most people. Um, and so we really talked about, you know, how, what does work from home look like? Um, what have been the, the plus and the minus? And even talking about, you know, how class came into that and not everybody had the ability to work from home. Um, what you could do to leverage this energy, right? Of employees saying, what can I do? What can I do? Um, and how to roll that into real action. And same with executives, um, how to keep executives, you know, focused on a long-term strategy and not just doing some performative um, work. And then just, you know, a whole bunch of different ways to deliver programming, resources, tools. So you know, what are some things around inclusion nudges and tech and in-person and town halls and, and just all of the things um, that, that both those organizations did. Thanks. Thank you so much for that recap. It was a great webinar and a great conversation. So if you haven't seen it yet, I would recommend, um, you know, going back and watching that, maybe going back and watching that and then coming back and listening to this. Um, but, you know, it might help a little bit of context, but uh, we're happy to have you here. And uh, especially I want to do do want to thank um, Stephanie and Becca um, for their for their contribution to the webinar. And like I said, to that great work to that great conversation. Um, Without, let, without further ado, let's jump into the questions for today. Um, so there was a, like, there's a lot of people who like are upset that, you know, it took the perfect storm. It took George Floyd's murder, sister, sister change. Can you give advice to companies who were not on this journey prior to the perfect storm? Yeah, you know, I, Ben, it's interesting to me. I always say I don't care what gets people to the table as long yeah. as they as long as they get to the table. You know, I've seen I, I've heard people get really angry when somebody um, when somebody will come out and say, well, I, I have a daughter now. Right. So now I get it. Uh, and they get frustrated with that. I'm like, I don't care. I don't care. It, it whatever takes the blinders off and has people um see the need for change and be committed to change, let's focus on that. Um, and let's focus on the forward progress. And then saying, you know, what can you do now so that you don't unsee this? Um, and so that you're not just uh, taking sort of a knee-jerk reaction yeah. from the perfect storm, but that you really see that this, this is forever work. Um, we, you know, we talk about, um, DEI work being a lot like uh, leading a healthy lifestyle. It's a set of choices that you make day in and day out. You don't get to wake up one day and say, oh, you know what? I've done my sit-ups, I've done my push-ups, I've, I've gotten enough sleep, all these things. Like now I can just sit on the couch and eat Fritos, right? Because I've, <laughs> I've hit my yeah. ideal, you know, all those things. It's every single day. Um, and so I think it's Okay, now you're now you're on the journey. Now you have to stay on the journey. What got you here? I don't care. 
does sit-ups and push-ups in the morning <laughs> that, that is, love that, it. that's far more driven than i am at the moment <laughs> um but in the webinar you all mentioned unconscious bias and needing to interrupt it in talent management processes what are some examples of ways to remove bias in a performative assessment process yeah, I, I think it's really important. We ground everything we do in reminding people about unconscious bias. It, it just, you know, there's the research that says if um, knowing isn't enough, and mm -hmm. actually if we think we know, then we actually behave in more biased ways. Um, so you really, we have to hack our biased brain in every single system and process. And particularly when we're talking about diversity and equity, those happen at the systems level and at the leadership level. And when, when we're talking about performance assessment, it's making sure in black and white, you can answer the question, what are the skills and experiences needed uh, to be successful in this role? What are the skills and experiences needed to move on to the next role? Um, and many organizations, if you leave it up to I just, I think they're doing a good job. Um, or, you know, she needs, she's a little abrasive. Like those things allow that unconscious bias to creep in. So you have to be very, very clear about expectations and have every single person measured against that same set of criteria. That, that can take some time. Um, that, will, that will certainly take time. And we say some of these things are simple, but not easy. Um, and it's it's simple to get this done. It's not necessarily easy to get it done. And that's where you really have to think back and say it's worth it because we know the benefit of diverse and inclusive teams. Yes. Actually, and actually, the next couple of questions were along that line of like showing that it's worth it. It's more like about how do you get the, your buy-in from your leadership? Like what um, what approach could new DEI committees take to demonstrate that it is imperative for senior leadership to undergo comprehensive and contextual DNI training? Like how do you make it seem like it's worth it to them? Mm. So there are there are a couple of, there are a couple of things. Um, you so you have to appeal to both data and emotion. Um, so uh, there's the I say think like a CEO. Mm. Um, and thinking like a CEO at the end of the day, she's always saying, "How is this business or organization going to be successful in the future?" And that is making sure that you can absolutely articulate not um you know i'm tired of like the business case should be obvious but really being able to articulate that um and not just oh we're going to make more money but wow do you like all these things about patents and team iq what it does for reducing turnover um, how you get more discretionary effort from teams um, we tell the story often about, and I love pulling up the, the photo of the team that took a picture of the black hole. Now, I'm not really into astronomy. It's not my jam. Uh, but when I, right, but when I heard that they took a picture of the black hole, I'm like, that's incredible. Who did this? And I mean, it was this cross-cultural um, I think it was something like 23 different countries. Wow. And when you take a look at, yeah, when you take a look at that photo, you see the, the visible 
diversity, um, age, race, gender identity. What you don't see are some of the other um, invisible, the, the, one of the lead scientists is in out in science. Uh, he's a gay man. There um, are a couple of people on that team uh, with, uh, who are people with disabilities. Um, you know, it doesn't bring in some of the cultural things that that you can see, or class, or some of the neurodivergent um, folks on the team. And when you dig in even further on that, you hear how collaborative they were, how inclusive they were, and they were able to take a picture of the black hole. So it's being able to anchor back and think like a CEO, but tell it in story form. When we do this oh my gosh, we're going to be able to do X, Y, and Z in our industry. These projects that we've been trying to get across the finish line, all of these things we can do better and faster with a diverse and inclusive team and with a culture of belonging. Um, and, and you have to keep going back to that well um, because we can forget. And so going back, right, and, and, and keep anchoring everything that you're doing in what matters to senior leadership. And if you're telling them that they're gonna save money, that the teams are gonna be smarter, but you know, we think in pictures and in stories. So even using that example, um, or you know, then tying back very tangibly to what are some things on your strategic roadmap? And what would it look like if we had the strongest, brightest, most engaged team working on that? That's why this matters. And I, I think there's, yeah, I think there's also, um, uh, sometimes we want those sort of shiny blinky measures. Um, and I actually see a slow moving train wreck happening uh, about 18, mo uh, 18 months from now. Yeah, where all of these companies came out and they said, we're gonna, we're gonna increase our number of black employees and we're gonna go and we're gonna hire from HBCUs and, and First, I think, fantastic, super excited for yeah. the folks that are graduating from those institutions. Phenomenal. They should have been recruited hard like this all along. But if you're not also looking at inclusion and inclusion measures, you are exactly. putting those people into toxic work environments. And so when they're asking you about metrics, you have to be able to talk about both. Um, and that, again, the, the diversity and equity measures like, what are our numbers? That's the one that, that people wanted to go to. Uh, but what, what's our sense of inclusion and belonging, particularly when we dig in and dive in um, to the demographics? Because your overall numbers might be great, but maybe your LGBTQ plus employees uh, feel horrible. Right. Yeah. Or your people of color or, you know, you know pick your underrepresented group. Um, and so you need to measure both and, and measuring trends and progress. There can be a lot of really bad behavior. If you set a goal, like we're going to increase our number of X by X, um, that's not necessarily a strong, that's not necessarily a healthy goal. No. Um, right. So you need to be looking at the measurements holistically and tying it back to how the organization wins as a result. It's such a great point. Uh, and the culture, like the equity and cultural competence is so important. Um, yes. Like, 
my beloved Minneapolis, my beloved Minnesota has, you know, we high has a not great record <laughs> when it yep. comes to uh, um, high, uh, you know, there's, you know, great, there, there's lots of disparities, but even when there are people of color hired in these executive roles, they tend not to stay long. They right, are right. usually gone within like six months or, you know, like, or a year because like you said, they are put in these toxic work environments, right? Um, because they're they you know the company didn't do the work to make sure that they would be, you know, be equitable and that they'd feel culture like you know welcome and and um, as part of the company. Well, and oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, and, and that's where there's the danger in just hiring those the 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 shiny blinky, right? Yeah. The and and me- only measuring. Uh, I, I didn't mean hiring, I meant measuring, right? yeah. only measuring those things because, again, people get people get hired uh, and they're set up to fail. So it's also thinking about, you know, when we when we approach this, it, it you do have to take a holistic approach. You have to look at diversity and equity, unconscious bias, your systems, your process, every single every single step of the talent cycle. Yeah. But you also, need to be spending the time. This is where I see a huge gap um, on that inclusion and belonging. And and Ben, inclusion and belonging happens with how you and I treat each other day in and day out. And we often will will do training and resources and tools for managers and individual contributors are wandering around in the dark. We we call them NBC, nice but clueless. Mm. Right. And so they're they, you know, they're not showing up saying, you know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna you know, throw down six microaggressions on my coworkers today, right? <laughs> yeah, no but one, hopefully no one comes right? in like that. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, right, but they don't know. But what matters is impact. Yeah. And so we have to equip individuals with the resources, the tools, the knowledge to be inclusive. And, and they have to understand their role. So I would say on the measurement side of things, it's also really important for individuals to understand how they win when uh, it's a diverse team and an inclusive culture. Because, you know, Ben, we want this to be like, people want to do this because it's the right thing. Yes. But behavior change is hard. <laughs> um, and so if you're asking me to change my behavior, I, I have to at the, um, and I, I wish it wasn't true, but it simply is, I got to know what's in it for me. Exactly. You have to incentivize it. Like, you know, yep. And I'll- so it's, you know, it's telling them that story. Imagine your coworkers are engaged that, you know, that they're staying longer and you're not having to train the new person Exactly. and you're all doing cool work and, you know, you're not carrying, you know, too much of the load. You're carrying your share of the load and so is everybody else. And, and you're doing these amazing things together. Um, and we always say, you know, think about this from a, your individual career standpoint, people that get along, get ahead. Yes. Um, and so if you can create that inclusion and belonging, you will see yourself moving forward in your career. Such a great point. And yeah, far often, more often than not, people are just jumped to the ROI. Like, right, right. But there's way, there's so much more to oh, so many so more benefits more. Um, to having a like diverse, inclusive or diverse, inclusive, equitable team. Yep. It just yep. makes everything so much better. Um, 
Well, speaking of teams, uh, this is uh, this is a little bit of a, a little bit of a touchy subject that was brought up about um, about the presenters in this webinar. Um, you, it, you know, to the untrained eye, you are, you know, you are all all three of you are, you know, cis gender three, white yeah, women three white women <laughs> three white women <laughs> yeah, yeah. um and you know that 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 didn't slip a, a few people's notice but i i really appreciated that during the webinar you did you did actually address it head on instead of trying to skirt around it and like in in as blunt as you were just now you know you said you're, we are three white women here talking about <laughs> inclusion it's kind of yeah. one of those things i just had one of those like kind of like privilege moments where it's like it feels weird for me to be like well you're three white women why are you up there but but when you can say it as you know yeah, absolutely. Right. And I think that's the, you know, the head on approach, I think, is always a great one. Yeah. Um, and, and to understand the limitations of that um, and to never, ever presume um, like you, Ben, couldn't you have no idea what my experience is as a white woman. Yeah. Right. I have no idea what your experience is as a black man. And I'm not going to pretend to and I'm not going to. I'm not going to um, speak for you. Exactly. So it's always, how do you, um, my daughter's a person with a disability and with a very visible disability, right? She's uh, a little person. I could never presume as her mother, right? The, mm -hmm. the person that, um, in my case, I happen to give birth to her. Uh, I'm not going to pretend to know what it's like to walk in her shoes. I can't. Yeah. Um, but what I can do is bring her voice in when and where it matters. Um, and when you look at your organization, we always say curiosity is an inclusion superpower. And to continue to ask whose voice is not in the room, whose perspective do we not have, and how do we get that in the room? Um, you know, the, the work that um, I did with Upstart, we talked about this uh, uh, Trudy Bourgeois is a, a friend and colleague. You know, she and I did a town hall together because I, I'm not going to come and speak for black women. Are you kidding me? <laughs> um, right. But I've Trudy can. <laughs> right? Well, and I think that's the thing. So, I, and I think it's, so there's so many things here. There's the awareness, there's the curiosity, but then there also has to be the psychological safety yes. so that if you do see somebody let's say that that we had shown up as three white women and and we as we were talking about the work that we'd done it was really clear that we had never brought in other perspectives somebody should have called us on mm -hmm. that but done it in a way that was about learning and growth exactly um that is you know blame and shame gets us nowhere um but curiosity and growth and uh, gosh you know did you recognize, do you realize what are some ways in the future that you could, what do you think the impact is when you are, right? And, and powerful questions that, that we can learn and grow and, and come out smarter mm -hmm. uh, on the other side, I think are really, really important. Yeah, that, I mean, yeah. And I mean, the, the comment did start by, you know, thanking you, like I said, thanking you for recognizing that and asking, like, how did you bring in POC voices in? Um, and that also, mostly when you use an app based training. For those mm -hmm. who don't know, the, the Moxie Exchange is an app based training. Do you want to talk about the app too? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, one of the things that we do, one of the parts that I love about the app the most um, is we have inclusion interviews. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so we are, you know, there's an interview and the intersectionality of them is just so cool then. Um, you know, whether it is um, uh, a guy, uh, a black male double amputee, right? Who's talking about both race and uh, people with disabilities. Um, it, we have a transgender black woman who's talking about, you know, when, when she's uh, talking about allyship, she's not talking about allyship uh, as, as a, um, as it relates to her being transgender, she's talking about allyship as it relates to her being black. Um, and, and, uh, you know, a, a gentleman who has, um, uh, he calls himself profoundly dyslexic, right. And, and talking about that experience. So it's, this really wide range and we're asking these questions. What do you wish people knew? Um, what language is appropriate? Um, how can people be a good ally? What do you wish people would stop doing? And we always say in the app, no one person speaks for an entire group of people. Um, so don't take this as gospel, right? <laughs> this is not, or, you know, no one, there's a language and dictionary guide, there's a calendar. I mean, it's a really, you know, the breadth and depth, everything from how do I run an inclusive meeting to, I've got somebody on my team who's Hindu and I have to order a meal. I want to make sure I order something they can eat. I can go to the app and figure that out. Um, and so it's, it's, you know, trying to take this, not trying, really bringing those voices right into the app um, and saying, all right, this is, all right, NBC person, nice but clueless, because mm -hmm. we all are. Yes. We all are, right? Because diversity is a, a viewpoint and a perspective. Um, like you said, like, you know, just this whole idea of don't presume to know um, what it's like to be X, Y, Z, or, you know, to have these different dimensions, beautiful dimensions of diversity, mm -hmm. um, use this as base knowledge, and then go and ask and engage, right? It's a, it's a kind of jumping off point of information. That sounds like a great answer and also sounds like a great app. Um, we're I'm pretty proud of it. <laughs> yeah, no, I was gonna, it, I, it, 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 yeah, so it's a lot of great resources on the app. Um, and you mentioned during the um, during the webinar where people can find the app and get access to it for two free weeks. Yeah, we would love for people to, um, to get in there and play with it if they feel like it. Um, it is if people go to the Moxie Exchange. There's an um, E at the end of Moxie and at the start of exchange. So the moxieexchange.com slash event dash attendee dash trial. Um, and you can uh, download the app and, and have fun with it. You know, our, what we're, our goal at Moxie is unleashing the power and potential of people from underrepresented groups um, and really creating this positive tsunami in the world. <laughs> Um, because they're big, Brent, you and I talked about this uh, a couple of different times. We have so many big problems that need to be solved, right? Uh, yeah. Racial injustice, inequity, access to clean water, um, you know, climate change. All of these things are not going to be solved with teams that all look the same. We need, we need to unleash the power of every single person so that together we can solve these big issues. Um, and that starts with all of these little daily behavior changes and me understanding my role in building an inclusive world. So yeah, download the app, have fun, play with it. Um, 
and and hopefully you learn something and um, and we're always open to feedback. I I tell our team and and clients and everybody doing this work, we all are on the journey. You're never done. You're never there. There's always something new to learn. Mistakes will 100% be made. I often will call out my own mistakes, right, to really create that that culture that says, yeah, yeah, no, we're gonna make mistakes. It's what we do after we make that mistake that's critical. Yeah, far many too many times you have people who are too afraid to make mistakes, so they don't try at all. Like they don't yes. won't engage with their coworker. Who's... And that's that's so othering. Yes, um, we have. Um, uh, there's a transgender woman on the Moxie team, and um, you know she's shared experiences of people avoiding her. Um, be and she, you know, not because they, um, you know it was more because they were worried about saying or doing the wrong thing. My daughter, 100%. She's like, you know, the awkward, the awkward conversation or the awkward, you know, you know, seeing, you know, walk the walking away stuff because people freak out. Um, and instead it's like, wow, engage with curiosity. Uh, yeah. And, and without, yeah, without putting the burden on the person from the underrepresented group. Cause sometimes she's like, you know, sometimes I'm just tired. Yeah. I, I don't want to have the conversation. I don't want to educate you. That was, that was a part of the reason that we uh, brought the app to life um, is to put the burden on each of us that we're each every single day responsible for building this more inclusive world. I get pretty passionate about this Ben <laughs> oh I can tell and I mean I, I, I as a as a person of color I also appreciate have having having that resource available to people because yes honestly you do get tired of having to explain um things Exhausting. and having, yep. having to constantly educate yep. people it's not like it's not like you don't want to do it it's just it is exhausting to constantly have to do it um things that you yep, people would know by 2021, but um, still, it and it, and again, it's there's no malice in them. It's just they don't understand. Um, well, and I think one of the things that we forget as practitioners is how much we know. Uh, we I we have the curse of knowledge, um, and I'm reminded of that so often. Um, I was in conversation um, with a guy who's probably mid-20s um, and he genuinely asked me what's the glass ceiling wow. right and for me I was, was like in, in my head I was like what like how do you not and then I thought why would he know right and let's let's you know let's engage in conversation but we you know the even just the language like a, a microaggression or intersectionality or um, BIPOC or you know any of these yeah. things that we just take for granted they don't know and and they you know we don't teach this in school no i mean he's <laughs> so, probably heard the phrase glass ceiling a million times and never understood what it was what it was yep yep so i think that's the and you say it doesn't and again we talk about there's been always so much focus on intent and we really need to switch the focus to impact um, that exactly. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if intent is good. It doesn't matter if I'm asking because I genuinely want to know it's what, how am I walking through this world and what is my impact on other people? Yeah. Is that, is my impact inclusion or is it othering? 
Is it exhausting people or is it energizing people? Um, and it, that's my responsibility as an individual day in and day out. I own that. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I didn't mean to step on your toe, but it didn't change the fact that I did and it hurt your toe. I, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right. Right. And sometimes it's more like, you know, a two by four upside the head Yeah, exactly. <laughs> versus, a, versus a step on the toe. Right. Yes. Exactly. Well, this uh, this has been such a great conversation, but I hate to uh, do this. It's our, <laughs> getting to our last two questions because um, we are, uh, yeah, we're, like I said, this conversation is so great, but we're going to keep an eye on the time. Um, so what is your advice on how to strategize and bring about behavioral change? Yeah, behavior change is hard. Um, so I, I talked about it a, a little earlier in our conversation about make sure people, they get that why. Yeah. Right. And what's in it for them. And then just like anything else, you have to chunk it down to little teeny tiny bites. Um, yeah, that's I'll, I'll use the app as an example. We just have these little inclusion nudges. You know, there's nothing in the app that's going to take you more than three. I think three and a half minutes is the very longest even interview segment. Mm -hmm. You know, some of it's like this. I, I can read the checklist on where to hold an inclusive meeting in 30 seconds. Um, our brain takes up most of the oxygen in our body. And so we actually do a lot to, uh, I'm going to get into a little bit of neuroscience here. Um, we do a lot to protect our brain. And so when we're trying to have people go through really long training or take on these uh, complex pieces of a puzzle, mm -hmm. it won't work. Instead, it's little tiny things consistently, little bite-sized nudges, tools, tips, reminders, check-ins. You know, I love, you know, a team's just having a quick DNI check-in uh, once a month. What, what do we need to start doing, stop doing, stay the course on? Um, calling out, yep, calling out, um, calling out good behavior when you see it. Um, you know, so little, it, the, it's the, but there's a consistency about it. That goes back to that healthy lifestyle. Right, little choices made all day long. That's how you create behavior change and culture change. Yeah, definitely. I I, I really love that idea of the monthly DEI check-ins. Um, mm hmm Yeah. That's and yeah, that's definitely could be a, a very helpful for a lot of like larger well, groups of uh, companies of all sizes. But yeah, yeah it definitely could bring in great behavioral and cultural changes. And I think it would be a way to, I guess ask questions without feeling like, I don't know. Well, and you know, feeling... sometimes, sometimes you'll get that blank stare and it can be, you yeah. know, if you did have an idea of what we should stop doing, what would it be? <laughs> right. Well, yeah, that tends I... to get people, you know, chatting. And I think, you know, that that's part of modeling the leadership too. Yeah. And that, that would also give a, the um, a marginalized person in the group an opportunity to share without feel without fear of like persecution or anything right right and and we actually say it should be it should be on a, a meeting agenda at least once a month that you're doing your dni check-in that is yeah that's that's a great piece of advice thank you so much for that yeah, you bet. Um, yeah. and lastly what can leadership do day to day to model the enthusiasm and buy-in that we want to see in our team Oh, 14. yeah, that is, this is the um, monthly DEI check. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. That's one that's, and it is the modeling is everything from bringing it up 
asking the questions, um, you know, bringing up some of the, um, hey, we're in this, uh, you know, doing what I call primers and reminders. Mm -hmm. Hey, we're about to go into this situation. We let's take a look. We might be, you know, let's all check our maternal bias. Um, or let's uh, make sure that we're asking this candidate the same set of questions that we asked the last candidate. Mm -hmm. um, let's, you know, and, and I'm a big fan of sharing the small wins, right? So in that, the modeling, the day-to-day, -day, it can also be what was an inclusion win from this last week, right? If you're doing a team meeting, um, you know, sharing progress, highlighting good work, amplifying, um, and advocating uh, the work that's being done that is moving the team forward uh, on inclusion and belonging. And, and I would say owning your mistakes, yes. right? That we're gonna make mistakes and being really public about that. Like, wow, here is something that I learned because I think that, that psychological safety is so critical to all of this that you know, being vulnerability um, is, is pretty big here. Um, you know, owning it, learning, moving forward, making the next mistake, moving forward. And then it creates this culture of everybody's in it together, getting better and stronger together. And I think that's such a great point. And also like not only owning your mistakes, but like, you know, making them as a presenting them as a learning opportunity as a, yes. other than a failure rather than something you yes. failed at something it's an out you an opportunity to learn like this is what i learned from that you know mistake yep yep and we always reference um carol dweck's work around a growth mindset um that you know that mistakes are opportunities and that you know when you come up against something hard a difficult situation you are going to lean into that um, and because the worst thing that you can do is leave somebody feeling othered Yes. because you're afraid of doing or saying the wrong thing. That's about protecting yourself versus doing what's right for that other person. And that goes back to that impact versus intent. Um, and so really, again, focusing on the impact on the other person and taking a deep breath and, and doing the next right thing. Um, even if that means a little mistake along the way, mm -hmm. because it's about daily progress of inclusion. Yes. It's like if you're not feeling uncomfortable, then you're probably not doing something right. Oh, 100%. <laughs> if everybody's like, you know, cheerfully, you know, smiling and inclusion is messy and hard and yes. wonderful. I think that's the, um, you know, if it's worth doing. Um, sometimes it's going to be really difficult. And um, I use the example of, of uh, a reef, a coral reef. Mm -hmm. The side that thrives is the one that actually is being, um, uh, that the waves are, are hitting against um, versus if the water gets stagnant, the reef dies. Such a great example. And I think I might have stolen my line about like it being uncomfortable from the webinar. So. <laughs> <laughs> I talk about it all the time, Ben. You might have. I, I happily take it, run with it. Want to give you credit for that? I was like, that. I heard a wise person say, if you're not uncomfortable, you're not. <laughs> that that is great. I love it. Right there's there is. Um, I think, and I think all of us. I always say in this work, there's so much work to be done 
the more we can all link arms um, and share and help each other and learn from each other, um, the better the better this world becomes because there's so much work to be done. Uh, yes. But lots of progress, lots of progress. That, I think that is a perfect note to end on. Um, thank you so much, Maureen, for coming back and for having this wonderful conversation with me um, and with our listeners. And uh, yeah, thank you again. And also to our listeners, you can also, Maureen will be uh, presenting in our upcoming conference in March, the theme being Workplace Revolution. So yeah, if you visit our website to get more information on that as well. And oh, again, it was such a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, such a blast. Thank you so much, Maureen, for coming back for that wonderful conversation. And thank you to you, our listeners, for joining. If you'd like to learn more, feel free to reach out to Maureen directly at maureen at moxieexchange.com or visit www.moxieexchange.com. You can listen to more episodes of Forum of the Forum Podcast at forumworkplaceinclusion.org, forward class podcast, or you can listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and Stitcher. Thank you again for listening. Have a great day. Thank you again for listening to the Forum and Workplace Inclusion podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast to get updates and the latest episodes. Also, tell us what you think by reviewing our podcast. We'd love to hear your feedback. For more information, visit us at forumworkplaceinclusion.org or search Workplace Forum on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Thank you very much and have a great day. The Forum and Workplace Inclusion podcast is recorded at Augsburg University in Minneapolis, Minnesota. One of the most diverse private colleges in the Midwest, Augsburg University offers more than 50 undergraduate majors and nine graduate degrees to 3,400 students of diverse backgrounds at its campus in the vibrant center of the Twin Cities and nearby Rochester, Minnesota location. Augsburg educates students to be informed citizens, thoughtful stewards, critical thinkers, and responsible leaders. And Augsburg education is defined by excellence in the local arts and professional studies, guided by the faith and values of the Lutheran Church, and shaped by its urban and global settings. Learn more at augsburg.edu.